Hi, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And you don't want to miss this upcoming episode, as in light of Passion Week, we decided to discuss what exactly happened to Jesus at his death physically. You don't want to miss this episode. This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hi, welcome to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm Robbie Lashwell. I'm here with my co-host, Tyler Hurley. Hey, how's it Tyler? It's going great. We're Good. super excited to be talking about this specific topic for Easter. Yeah, this is going to be fun. We're actually, in light of it being Passion Week yeah. and with the whole virus thing and everybody being laid up, we wanted to do two episodes for you this week. So we're doing this one, uh, but we also are releasing uh, the Resurrection Easter uh podcast that's coming yeah. out at the same exact time. So there's two right. out this week. We want you to listen to them both. This one, we're going to deal with Jesus' death and kind of the Good Friday aspect of what he went through. And then the next one is on uh, the resurrection. And we give you a good methodology on how to remember uh, resurrection apologetics so you can talk about it with your friends. Yeah, it's super exciting. Uh, we just thought, you know, one way we could uh, help everybody out who's having to be at home for Easter this year is uh, by giving you a little extra content to yeah. be viewing or listening to at home. Uh, just thought, you know, it was a good time to throw out a bonus episode. It is, so. yep. So hopefully you enjoy yeah. it. Hopefully they're impactful. And especially today, like we want to take some time to contemplate what did Jesus go through? And so that's what this is all about. Mm, uh, but before right. we get to that, Christ Culture and Coffee, we want to give you a coffee tip while you're yes. quarantined. This is your quarantine coffee tip from Christ Culture coffee that's a lot of it's a lot of in there yeah. quarantine coffee tip for christ culture coffee coffee that's a lot yeah this is a good one though this is about a new recipe that we found and we want you to yeah. try it out yeah so, yeah you got the tip for us yeah so basically this is and i apologize if i'm saying this incorrectly but the best i got is i think it's pronounced dalgona Dalgona. It's Korean, I think. So, it's, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I don't know like how that. to, I don't know the accent. I don't know how to it's say it. Spelled, uh, it's spelled D A L G O N A. Dalgona. Mm -hmm. That's how I say it. And, you know, that's the way I'm going to go for it for this time. But basically, yeah. there's a coffee recipe that we wanted to share with you guys called Dalgona Coffee. And now, basically, uh, I've never tried this myself, but and I want to. It, yeah, it, it looks, looks amazing. I, yeah. I I know a couple of people who've tried it who told me, oh, you right. got to try it. And I, I haven't yet. So. Yeah, and it, it's kind of cool because the texture of it, it looks like a very thick, creamy kind of coffee. Yeah. Um, But it, it looks delicious, and I'd, I'd love to try it. And so, basically, here's a recipe for it. So... What it entails is that you need two tablespoons of instant coffee, mm -hmm. two tablespoons of sugar, and then one cup of whole milk. That's pretty it, simple. That's yeah, not a lot of yeah, ingredients. It's not, three things. Yeah, just those three okay. things. So it's not too bad. And then uh, basically what you do is for the first step, you combine the instant coffee, the sugar, and then the two tablespoons of two tablespoons of hot water in a small mixing bowl. Oh, so it's four ingredients. Water. I didn't oh, think about it. You know, that's water. why I kind of hesitated when I said that. I'm like, ah, <laughs> we got it wrong. That's, that's okay. All right. All right. So you take the, the instant coffee, the sugar, and two tablespoons. It's still two, though? That's what it so says. Two tablespoons of coffee, instant coffee, two tablespoons of sugar, two tablespoons of hot, hot water. water. Yeah. Two, two, two. Two, two, two. two. Okay. It's very simple. And so with that, um, you put it in a small mixing bowl, and then using a hand mixer, you beat the mixture for about three to five minutes or until the color changes to like a golden brown kind of texture and okay. it kind of takes on like a thick consistency yeah and that's what i've seen in the pictures for it online it's like someone t sticks a spoon in it and it comes out it almost looks it's like, like a froth kind of thing yeah like a whipped kind of like nice. that it looks like whipped that's so. awesome 
And so basically, uh, the last step to this, step three, is you pour the milk, and again, that's uh, one cup of whole milk, into a tall glass with a few ice cubes in it, and top it off with the mixture using a spatula to kind of okay. get it out of the bowl. So you scrape it onto the top. Yes, And then exactly. it makes like a layered effect thing. There's the white milk on the bottom and this like coffee colored Yes, which is interesting because that's kind of how you get like espresso mixes. You know how everything's yeah. kind of separated? Yeah, uh, well, yeah. different types of espresso-based drinks is what I mean. That's and, awesome. But with this, it's kind of got like a thicker, creamy-like uh, substance, but mm -hmm. that's coming from the coffee, not the milk. That sounds awesome. Isn't that man. interesting? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's and like so the reversal almost. It is, it is. Because typically yeah. you have like the milk is more frothing like... Yeah. Creamy, you know, but it's that sounds reverse, awesome, yeah. man. Dalgona coffee. Dalgona. We should have brought coffee. some in and like did a. Uh, I, that's not a bad uh, idea. Yeah. What did he call it? Uh, uh, display it. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Show and tell. Yeah. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Show and tell on Crestwood Coffee. Maybe next time. Yeah. Yeah. So well, hopefully you you guys like this coffee tip for today. Uh, like we just gave the whole recipe, so you have no excuse to actually go out and try it. So yeah. It's right well, there. I mean, I'm yeah, gonna try it. You're quarantined. You yeah. might as well add it to your click list or whatever way you order. Yeah. Unless people some start some panic coffee. buying some of these items off the shelves, then you can't get. <laughs> Anything like that, but I'm glad toilet paper wasn't an ingredient. Oh yeah, it's tough I mean, to find these days. But well, I mean, we'll see. Maybe after you drink it, maybe you'll need some toilet paper later, depending on how yeah, good or bad you make. Yeah, instant <laughs> coffee. Yeah, you never know. So, right. well, that's cool, man. <laughs> we Thanks go. for that tip. Well, hey, yeah, try that out. And if you do make your own, we'd love it if you took a picture, threw it on uh, social, and tagged us in it. Yeah, because we'd cool. like to see it. We'd like to know what you think about it. So, definitely sounds like a great way to use instant coffee. Yeah. Yeah, I great. like it. Cool. Well, hey, let's move into the topic for today. And now with it being um, Passion Week and uh, Good Friday is is coming up and Easter Sunday is coming up, uh, it's a really good time for us as believers to reflect on what Jesus did for us. You know, um, Paul said in 1 Corinthians that when we do communion, what we're doing is we're proclaiming Christ's death until his return. Proclaiming his death right. until his return. Uh, Jesus wants us to remember his death. He wants us to remember. And I know we all like getting to the resurrection because yeah, it's the happy right. ending, right? But he wants us to remember his death. It's a big deal that we remember it. I mean, communion, right? The Lord's Supper is about him instituting, remember my death, mm -hmm. remember my blood, remember my broken body spilled and, and shredded for you. And so that's what we want this to be about is looking at what Jesus went through physically on the cross on that Good Friday 2,000 years ago. And so we're going we're gonna to get into that now. Um, there's a really uh, groundbreaking article that comes from the Journal of American Medical Association, and it's called On the Physical Death of Jesus Christ. This is a peer-reviewed journal, uh, and uh, this article was peer-reviewed. And so basically uh, uh, a doctor and, and a guy that's a theologian uh, went through uh, the, the New Testament, the Gospels, seeing what it depicted Jesus going through physically. And then they checked to see if this is folklore or if this is really something that would happen to you uh, if the types of things explained about Jesus happened to a human being. Is this how your body would respond kind of thing like that. And so we're going to kind of walk through that and look at what exactly went on with Jesus' body, what did he die of, and um, what type of pain did he take upon himself to pay for our sins? Right. So this yeah. is kind of a little more of a somber episode. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, you know, it's important to do that because that's it the thing is. like we talked about. Like we, we 
kind of tend to think of like Passion Week and Easter as like the resurrection, you know, yeah. but really a, a big part of it is the death. And like, it's important mm-hmm. to remember that and know what Jesus went through into yeah. leading up to the resurrection. No, it really yeah. is, Tyler. You're right. Um, we can't always fast forward to the happy ending. Right? Yeah, right. We need to look at, we need to be face to face with how gruesome our sin is. That's yeah. really what it comes down to. And so with this Good Friday-esque episode, um, I do want to let you know, we're sharing a playlist on Spotify with you, and it's some of uh, some really great Good Friday songs. Yeah. And they're yeah, not yeah. happy. Well, that's <laughs> they're, a point. They're yeah. somber. They, they make yeah. you think about death and the grave. And so um, we'd encourage you, you know, listen to that, that playlist. Think through the words. Think through what Jesus did for us on the cross. But, well, let's dive mm. in to uh, talking about what happened to Jesus physically. Well, Prior to Jesus going on the cross, um, we would assume and could kind of conclude that he was in pretty good physical shape. Yeah. Uh, he walked around uh, um, Israel a lot. He was a carpenter. He was in the prime of his life around 30 years old, right? So we're, we're starting off with he's probably in pretty decent shape as a human being. Then uh, the night of his betrayal uh, begins. And you remember Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And Luke gives us a crazy detail about what happens to Jesus while he's praying. I want to read this to you. This is from Luke 22, 39 through 46. It says, And he came out and he proceeded, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples also followed him. When he arrived at the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, and he knelt down and he began to pray, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Now an angel of heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. And being in agony, he was praying very fervently. And his sweat became like drops of blood falling down upon the ground. When he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping from sorrow. And he said to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not enter into temptation. All right, so... Did you catch that part where it says that his sweat was like drops of blood? Mm, yeah. Some people hear that and they say, man, this sounds kind of mythological. Was he ble- sweating blood? Uh, some people say, no, it doesn't mean that. It means like he was just sweating so much that it was like the size of drops of blood, which I don't think that makes any sense no. because you'd say, what are drops of blood size. Yeah, like how do you measure that, that and why would why would that be written in yeah, that way? Yeah, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. It's interesting to remember that Luke was a doctor. Yeah, that's right. And he records this medical thing, he records this anomaly with Jesus' body that he was sweating blood. Hmm. Now that does sound fanciful and it does sound bizarre, but it is interesting to know that there is a condition where you sweat blood and it's called hematidrosis. Hematidrosis. I want to read to you what the uh, article on the death of Jesus Christ uh, from the Journal of American Medical Association says about this. Mm. It says, although this is a very rare phenomenon, bloody sweat, hematidrosis, may occur in highly emotional states or in persons with bleeding disorders. As a result of hemorrhage into the sweat glands, the skin becomes fragile and tender. So what happens is when somebody's under a lot of psychological distress, which was Jesus in that at this time? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's in Gethsemane. He, he is agonizing over what he has to go through. He's pleading with his father. I don't want to go through this. If there's any other way, please let this cup pass from me, right? 
Right. But uh, that that wasn't what God had for him. He says, not my will, but your will be done. So he's under psychological stress, thinking about carrying the weight of the, of the world on his shoulders, all the sin for all of us. And um, he starts to sweat blood. When you're under psychological stress like this, what happens is there's a chemical release. It breaks down the capillaries in your sweat glands so that parts of your, your, your blood seeps into your sweat glands. Mm. And then when you sweat, it comes out tinged with blood. Literally wow, sweating yeah. blood. If you Google search hematidrosis, you'll see pictures of people who this happens to them today. Bloody sweat, hematidrosis. This is something that happened to Jesus. So he begins to suffer way back in the garden. Yeah. Prior yeah. to the crucifixion, he starts suffering. It makes his skin tender. Um, so that means that he would feel more pain, right, throughout the suffering he was going to go through. Mm. Um, it is very beautiful uh, in God's design of all of this, what he says about um, what he says about Jesus having this condition. Because in Matthew, it tells us that Jesus is in Gethsemane, right? The Mount of Olives. Mm -hmm. And then there's this, this place called Gethsemane. Uh, the word Gethsemane means oil press. Now, Makes sense because they're yes. at the Mount of Olives and you get olive oil from olives. Yeah, right. And so they would press the olives there to get the oil out of them, right? Mm -hmm. So think about this. Jesus is in the place where the oil, where, where olives were pressed to make olive oil, and he's beginning to be pressed. Yeah. He's having the pressure come down on him. He's beginning to be squeezed, and it's in Gethsemane, think about this, Tyler, that he starts shedding his blood for us. Yeah. Isn't that powerful? It is. It is. It, just all the symbolism and like things that are happening that early on to when, leading up to his death. It's yes. just, it's incredible. You see like, this is where it starts. Yes. Yeah. This is the place it starts. So that's the first thing about him physically though, is hematidrosis mm. starts in the garden. Yeah. And this is prior to any of the trials or anything. Yeah, that's right. So he's just slowly beginning that process. And yep. it's, it's, it's crazy looking at how how everything just fits like that, like it how is. God uses these coincidences. Well, not coincidences, design, but design, yeah, yeah to, to, to express things. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's beautiful. So. so we know what happens in the story, right? Jesus gets arrested, betrayed by uh, Judas, one of his 12 disciples, right. and then he gets taken on trial before the Jewish council. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tyler, and you want to talk about that? Of course, yeah. And so uh, we see in Matthew 26, this is verses 63 through 68. I'm going to read it real quick. It just kind of gives an idea of what Jesus went through when he was uh, before the Jewish council. Um, so but, uh, Jesus before Cyphus, Cyphus, uh, Caiaphas, Caiaphas sorry, thank you. Caiaphas. I don't know why I said that wrong. Caiaphas. Uh, but Jesus kept silent and the high priest said to him, I adjure you by the living God that you tell us whether you are the Christ, the son of God. And Jesus said to him, you have said it yourself. Nevertheless, I tell you hereafter, you will see the son of man sitting at the right hand of power and mm. coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, he is blasphemed. What further need do we have of witness? And then behold, you now hear, heard the blasphemy. What do you think? And they answered, he deserves death. And they spat in his face and beat him with their fist. And others slapped him and said, prophesy to us, you Christ, who is the one who hit you? Mm -hmm. And so through this, through the, these passages here, we see clearly Jesus was spat on, mm -hmm. uh, beat with fists, like punched. Yeah. 
uh, he was slapped and mocked mm. by by them prophesying and say like, hey, who who is it who hit you, right? Yeah. Like uh, through the punching and through the smacks because he couldn't see them. Yeah. So like, because there's just this mob around him and it's like, tell us, prophesy, like you're such a great prophet. Tell us who hit you. And so like that, that was kind of like this emotional uh, yeah. tribulation <laughs> that he's going through. Who even knows? The emotional and psychological pain, right? I mean, yeah. with, with yeah. being betrayed by a friend and then having your own mm-hmm. countrymen roughing you up like this is like an angry mob scene it is beating him up after his skin was already tenderized because of the hematidrosis that's what he's he's getting through already yeah yeah right and so so with that uh, glad you bring up the hematidrosis again because um during the 12 hours uh, between 9 p.m thursday and 9 a.m friday uh, jesus had suffered great emotional stress through the hematidrosis Mm -hmm. through the abandonment of his close friends the disciples Mm -hmm. And also on top of that, it was from the physical beating after the Jewish trial, and then also kind of in the setting of a traumatic and sleepless night. Yeah, he was being forced to walk more than two and a half miles. Yeah, he he was like, taken all over the place, right? Yeah, after being stressed out, no sleep all night, right? He's yeah. literally being like tenderized here, emotionally yeah. and physically, like b- to prepare for what's to come. Yeah, that's exactly. So what's you going you on. can see it happening. Uh, like you got to think too. Uh, like I'm I'm not that big a fan of waking up like super, super early with little sleep and then having to hike all over the place. Sure. No, I mean, going off of little sleep, I can do it if I get a good amount of sleep, Mm -hmm. but going off of a little sleep, I can't do it. But Jesus basically, he, he didn't sleep at all. Yeah. You can imagine he's got a headache. Yeah. Yeah. From getting punched. And And then he's probably already dehydrated from sweating blood. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And then like going through this process of walking around everywhere. So it's like, it's kind of, brings him to this point of where he's really dealing with a lot of physical and emotional turmoil, which makes Mm -hmm. him vulnerable through all that, like the stuff he went through. It made him vulnerable to prepare for the scourging that was about to come. Yeah. Yeah. And also like you think when you're physically tired, when Mm -hmm. you're physically being harmed, all of those types of things, um, it's really hard to act right. Oh yeah. Right. We have yeah. a short fuse, we'll say, you know, these kinds of things. And and this guy, he continued to love people, to ask forgiveness for them. Mm. I mean, it is amazing the character that he had as a human being to be able to care about others when he's going through such hardships. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's, it's a, such an awesome thing. Well, yeah. So after the trials, you know, the, the Jews took him to Pilate because they want him killed. Pilate decides, I'm just going to I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt him, but I don't want to crucify him because I don't really think that there's any reason to. Yeah, right. And so John 19:1 tells us that Pilate then had Jesus scourged. Pilate had Jesus scourged. Um, this is a horrific event. Uh, I don't know how much you know about Roman scourging, but this is what would happen: is um, a human being would be stripped down, and they would be tied to a pillar with their arms uh, around it, and they, they'd kind of stretch their arms really uh, tightly because they were trying to get their back to be super tight so that as they whipped them, it would break open. Mm. So they were flogged usually by two soldiers, one on each side who was whipping them and whipping them. And the soldiers had what was called a flagrum or a flagellum. And now these whips had multiple straps that came off the end of the handle. And in the straps, they would um, put little metal balls. They would put pieces of bone, Mm. rocks, this type of thing. And the idea was that as they're whipping them, the the hard, blunt objects are bruising, causing contusions. 
And then the sharper objects, like the bone, would would dig into the bruised flesh and it would it would open up huge wounds is what would happen. Mm. And so uh, scourging was just horrific and it was bloody. The intention of it was to weaken somebody just short of death. Yeah. Now, all crucified victims, most crucified victims, they didn't go through scourging too. This is something that's unique about Jesus' crucifixion is he was scourged first. I'm sure there were some that that happened to, but it wasn't like the protocol of crucifixion. Pilate thought if I scourge him, then they'll get off my back about the crucifixion. Yeah, because, I mean, it's clear that that, you can tell that's what's going on because you could see earlier, like, they were talking about, like, what's wrong with this man? Like, 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 what did he do, basically? What did he do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I find no fault in him. He says that. Yeah. I I don't see what you guys are trying trying to accuse him of being. Well, and the truth of it was the Jews were mad at Jesus. Jesus because he they said he was blaspheming claiming mm-hmm. to be the son of God yeah but what they told Pilate was the problem was that he claimed to be Caesar yeah which that's right not, and, and but that's not why they were wanting him dead no um they were hoping for the Messiah King to come yeah <laughs> right yeah but that's not the right. political game they're playing here so we have uh, some really interesting insight into a Roman scourging uh, Eusebius who was mm-hmm. an early uh uh, Christian uh, historian, he saw a scourging take place and he records what it looked like. And I want to read to you what he said. Eusebius said, uh, the sufferer's veins were laid bare and the very muscles, sinews, and bowels of the victim were open to exposure. Because of the whipping and the shredding of the flesh, uh, Veins would dangle out, and um, intestines would be visible. Uh, this is horrific. Mm, yeah, Roman scourging is 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 nothing to to laugh at. And Jesus went through that again, shedding more of his precious blood for us uh, in the scourging yards. And so, even prior to the the crucifixion, this guy has gone through trauma, horrific trauma, and we're not even to the crucifixion yet. Yeah, right. So after the scourgings, then he gets mocked mm-hmm. by the Roman guards. You want to discuss that? Yeah, yeah, of course. And so, like like you said, like he gets mocked, and we can see that through a couple passages I want to read here. Um, in John 19, 2 through 3, it says, And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and put a purple robe on him. Mm-hmm. And they began to come up to him and say, Hail, King of the Jews, and to give him slaps on the face. So again, like okay. the, like... Yeah, the humiliation, the mocking of saying, "Hey, you're the king," by putting a crown of thorns on his head, and then by putting a purple robe on him and slapping and slapping him. Gee. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, there, we have that in John 19, and then in Matthew 27 verses 27 through 31, it says, "Then the uh, then the soldiers of the governor." took Jesus to the praetorium and gathered the whole Roman cohort around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And after twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and a reed in his right hand. And they knelt down before him and mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. Mm. They spat on him and took the reed and began to beat him on the head. And after they had mocked him, they took the scarlet robe off him and put his own garments back on him and led him away to crucify him. Hmm. So this is what's really interesting about this whole scenario. So for one, the crown of thorns was beaten into his head. We talked about that. Beaten into his head. Horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, Not Not just just slapping him in the face, but hitting him. 
yeah, to I mean, beat the crown into his yeah, head. Yeah, and we can even see, too, again, in uh, Matthew 27, in verse 30, it specifically says they took the reed and began to beat him on the head. So they're using, they're not just, like, beating him in general. They're, they're taking, like, a reed. A stick, yeah. A stick, yeah. and yeah. they're, sla- like, smashing it into his skull, mm. which that's going to cause more bleeding, more, like, yeah. injury. Hasn't slept all night. Yeah. And then, and then on top of that, this is, this is crazy uh, for those of you who might not know about this. Um, so basically, as we were just talking about how with the scourging process, uh, it's like ripping apart his flesh, right? Yeah. Like shredding him, basically. And what's happening is now Jesus, he's got all these open wounds all over his body, right? Yeah, his uh, back. I mean, it wouldn't just be your back either. It'd be your lower legs, yeah. your butt, everything mm-hmm. just kind of shredded. Everything. Like like you have like muscle and uh, like in, like organs exposed. Yeah, because it, of... it could be very horrific, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and so uh, basically with Jesus having gone through that, with that robe that they placed on his back, the robe was then ripped off. Because if you yeah. think about it, what's happening is that robe's being put on to cover up those injuries. And the blood, you know, it's going to, it's, he's all sticky because he's covered in everything. Yeah. Yeah. So when you put like, it's like a band aid idea. Like yeah. You put, like, yeah. It cauterizes, the blood attaches you. Yeah. So it's going to attach to that robe. And so then when they're ripping it off, it's like mm. reopening all of the wounds all over again. Yeah, that so, couldn't have been So they're good. putting it on, ripping it off, and re-injuring his fresh wounds. And uh, just and, and then they put his own garments back on him. So it's just like yeah. this constant re- ripping of the flesh over and over. Yeah, you think about like when you have a sunburn, how uncomfortable it is to put clothes on, mm. right? Yeah, or to take yeah. clothes off. Like Jesus is is beyond that type of pain. Yeah, it's here. It's just horrible. horrific. Well, and I think, again, getting back to um, the symbolism of what God's trying to show us is going on here, um, in Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For as it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Um, you remember, you know, going back to Genesis 3, Adam and Eve, our, our, our original parents, right, are cursed because of their disobedience. They're cursed because of their sin. And one of the things that um, is cursed with Adam is thorns. Mm, yeah, right? thorns. That's right. Uh, in 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 the Old Testament law, when God um, set up the sacrificial system for the Israelites, when they'd bring their um, animals on the Day of Atonement, one of the things that the people had to do was to bring their lamb, to put it up on the altar, and then they'd place their hand on the lamb, and it was symbolic of mm. the person transferring their sin onto the animal sacrifice, right? right? And as they did this, it wasn't the priest's job. It was the person's job to slit the throat of the animal, to kill and slay the animal after they've transferred the sin onto them. So it's really interesting. God is making them transfer sin through the laying on of the hand and then watching how horrific their sin is and what needs to be appeased. Yeah. Death needs to occur. There has to be justice done. And so they're face to face with the death of this animal. Um, in Jesus taking the crown of thorns on his head, think about this. He's literally taking a symbol of our curse, a symbol yeah. of Adam's curse. Curse is the ground because of you. Thorns and thistles, it will produce. Mm-hmm. All right? And you'll toil all the days of your life. Jesus takes that symbol of our curse and has it beat into his head, pressed into his head, symbolically and, and literally showing that he's taking our curse on himself. Mm. He's the sacrificial lamb. He's the one who's going to be slain in our place. It's just beautiful. 
Um, unbelievable. Unbelievable yeah, right. what God did through this entire situation. So yeah. Jesus is going through a lot physically, but he's also showing us what he's doing spiritually. Yeah, for us that's right. With this. Yeah. That's right. And so with that too, um, at this point, uh, physically with Jesus, uh, he would be going into what's called hypovolemic shock. Mm-hmm. And so uh, this is another medical uh, scenario that happened to Jesus physically. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, basically uh, what this means is um, he was experiencing very low blood volume just through yeah. everything he'd been through. And <laughs> lost, it makes sense. Lost too much blood. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we were talking about how he was scourging. Yeah. 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 And so, uh, so yeah, he's, he's losing blood. So um, hypovolemic shock, basically what it looks like is four things occur mm-hmm. uh, with hypovolemic shock. So the first thing is the heart begins pumping extremely fast in order to circulate blood. But the problem is, is there isn't enough blood to pump. Yeah. Your so heart, your heart kind yeah. of freaks out, right? It's because yeah. it thinks that like, oh, the body's freaking out. So it needs blood all over. So the, the heart is pumping, working overtime to get it everywhere. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing to pump. So that causes problems. Um, so uh, like because the heart's being overworked. Yeah. Uh, and then secondly, what happens there is uh, um, the person's blood pressure drops, yeah. when, which uh, causes fainting and collapsing. So we see this when Jesus collapsed when he was carrying the cross. Yeah, and that's yeah. In, in the journal uh, article. That's what they, they point to and say. See, he this is a evidence of him going through hypovolemic shock. Yeah, because yeah, he it is. faints, he passes out, and, and we all know what that's like. We see people in, mm. in traumatic situations like this if they don't have enough blood. They go it unconscious. Happens, they yeah, pass yeah. out. Yeah. So, so again, too, with with that, we also see a third thing happen here is um, the kidneys will stop producing urine in order to maintain the kind of volume of fluids that the body has left because there's so much. So basically, what's really happening here is everything in Jesus's body would be shutting down. Uh, that produces like fluids. Yeah. Because it it's, it has to get it to vital areas of his. Body yeah, it's trying to losing. turn yeah. all the fluid into blood because he doesn't exactly. have enough blood. Yes, yeah. yes. And so uh, the, the fourth thing that happens is then the victim becomes very thirsty because the body is craving fluids to replace the blood loss. Yeah. And this is why Jesus asked for a drink while he was on the cross. We see in uh, John nineteen twenty eight, says, After this, Jesus, knowing all the things that he had already been accomplished, to fulfill the scripture, said, I am thirsty. Yeah. Right, yeah. we, we see he says that I am thirsty. And well, and so, that's one of the reasons they think this is another evidence of hypovolemic yeah, shock. That's, right, so that's Fainting why and thirst. Right, yeah. right, and so that's why we're seeing okay. And you know what? It's not that far fetched to believe after what we just described with the scourging. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Like he would have lost a tremendous amount of blood. Oh, if, yeah. if you've ever seen uh, the Passion of the Christ with Mel mm-hmm. Gibson, they do a really good job at depicting how grotesque the scourging is. You yeah, remember Jesus' right. his mom in the movie? She's wiping up blood off from all over. Mm-hmm. That that's that is what it would have been like. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. So uh, it, I think it's just it, too with this whole process. It's worth noting. Uh, that God who made the human body mm-hmm. uh, with the capability to go into hypovolemic shock endured hypovolemic shock in order to save human beings. Yeah, that is unreal. He submitted to that. To, to, to something that he created, right? Yeah. Well, well, like, the the body's response to Yeah, trauma, and it's not yeah. a bad thing. It's it's yeah. the, a good thing that the body reacts in a way to keep you alive, right? Yes. But the thing is, is like that... That's just what happened, and there were consequences to what he endured. Yeah, it's and he amazing. took that on. So that's that's just fascinating. It yeah. is. Jesus was yeah. What he yeah, went through right. is unreal. Now this is all prior to the cross, right? It is. It is. We're, not, we're yeah. just now getting to the crucifixion piece, and he has already gone through a lot. 
So what happens uh, with the crucifixion? Well, the Romans had perfected crucifixion as a form of torture and capital punishment. Mm. Um, the, the whole idea of this is to bring somebody to death in a really slow way, mm. inflicting maximum pain. Um, I, I don't know if all of you are aware of this, but the, the word excruciating uh, in Greek, ex is out of, mm-hmm. crusa, the cross. Excruciating, it means pain derived from out of the cross. They came up with a new word for it because it was such a painful process to go through. Yeah, And Jesus is about to go through that. So crucifixion is intended to kill the person in the slowest possible way, inflicting the maximum pain that's possible. But it also was about humiliating a person. And um, a lot of Christian arts and, and things and, and kind of the visions we have in our mind of Jesus on the cross, he's always wearing a loincloth, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. We've really sanitized this situation. The, the Romans didn't uh, crucify people with loincloths on. In fact, Scripture tells us over and over again that Jesus was stripped they took his clothes. They yeah. cast lots for his his tunic, his undergarment. Uh, Jesus hung on the cross naked because he wasn't just dying painfully for our sins. He was taking on all facets of our curse. Yeah. And you remember uh, one of the things that happened to Adam and Eve, the very first thing they realized that was different was that both of their eyes were opened and they realized they were naked. Mm. And Jesus hangs on that cross, taking on our nakedness, taking on our shame, being completely exposed, no loincloth, because he was dying to pay the penalty for our shame and our crime against God. Again, another piece to this whole thing that's just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So what would happen is um, once once you got to the cross, uh, the the guards would offer you a um, painkiller. And it was wine that was mixed with myrrh or gall, is what it says. And that's exactly what we see happen in Matthew 27, 33 through 34. Let me read that. It says, When they came to the place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave him wine to drink mixed with gall. And after tasting it, he was unwilling to drink it. Mm. The, the soldiers, the process of crucifixion was so painful that they knew, hey, we want to be a little bit humane here and give yeah. the person some painkiller so they don't feel how awful this is. Jesus gets up there. They're pushing this stuff in his face. He's already, he's thirsty, hypovolemic yeah. shock. Well, that's why he took a right? sip. You could see yeah. that. But yeah, then so he, he realizes it. what it is and mm-hmm. he refuses it. Because he's not going to allow his senses to be deadened when he's paying for our sin. He's going to feel the full weight of this. He's going to drink the cup the Father's given him completely without trying to Mm. kill the pain. And I I think, again, Jesus loved us so much to endure such a horrific death. And he was willing to reject comfort for himself in order to bring us ultimate comfort. What a Savior. What a beautiful Mm. picture of love. He refuses the painkiller, and then he gets nailed to the cross. The Romans used five to seven inch spikes to nail their victims through the cross. Um, They wouldn't nail through the palms of the hand. They would nail through the wrists because there's the two bones there that can support your body weight. The problem is, is that between your two wrists, there's this thing called the median nerve. It runs right between there. 
So when they nail these spikes in, they would sever the median nerve, which um, would would render your hands incapable and kind of seize up and claw-like. But the pain that this caused was horrendous. I've heard it explained that severing that nerve would be like taking pliers uh, to your funny bone nerve and just twisting that nerve. Yeah, yeah. Just horrible, horrible pain from being nailed through your wrists. And then they did this, a similar thing with his feet, and there's some nerves there and pain there, but they fastened him uh, to the cross to hang and be a curse for us. Yeah. And then they hoisted yeah. him up into that hole, dropping him down, which would jar you know, mm-hmm. your, uh, your, your entire body up against that, that cross, that wooden stipe, and those, those, um, those nails in your hands and, and the jarring that your body would tear on there. Um, yeah. Just horrendous pain. And then, yeah, and then we see with that too, even further, uh, what would happen a l- most of the time to the victims is that their arms were basically pulled out of socket mm-hmm. with their shoulders too, because what they're doing, their whole entire body weight is being supported basically by their arms that yeah. are nailed yeah. to to the cross. So uh, what they would do is um, like they would completely come out of socket and so they couldn't even support, like pulling yourself up would like... It'd be painful. It'd be very painful. Because yes. you got to think, too, you're still pulling on that nerve mm-hmm. that's that's caught around the yeah. uh, the nails. Well, and the reason to yeah. pull is because you have to breathe, right? Yes, and exactly. You, you can't breathe in this type of a position. You can't, right? yeah. You have to pull up and release the mm-hmm. pressure from off of your chest and so, cavity. And so that's actually what leads us into the next point is that that's – Typically, well, not typically, that is how people would usually die on the cross is through asphyxiation without being able to breathe. Yes, that's that's what it did to you. Mm-hmm. It, 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 yeah, you died from asphyxiation, which is, again, just what a terrible torture. Yeah, it's horrible. So, right. uh, like, because that's the thing you got to think about is, like, you're in the position that you're in on the cross. You have to pull yourself up by yanking on those nerves Ugh. in your arms with your shoulders that are out of socket in order to just breathe. Mm-hmm. With your back too, right? Yeah. Completely shredded, rubbing up against that cross. And remember, Jesus' back was also scourged. Yeah. So a scourged back, like wounds getting cut and splintered all up on his back yep. uh, from the wood. And then like just ton- just a horrible, horrible level of torture going mm-hmm. on. Uh, and then uh, basically... Uh, the asphyxiation on top of the hypovolemic shock would just be too much, and that's what people would die from, essentially. Yeah, yeah this so, contributed to Jesus' death. Yeah, and so it is worth noting, though, through, by this process, that Jesus speaks seven times from the cross, and mm. each time he would have to go through uh, this entire ordeal in order to speak based off— uh, like, he'd have to go through torture yeah. in order to speak, and he he did that seven times. Yeah, and think about the, the things yeah. that he would say, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He, he puts himself through torture to say that. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't say anything— personally like selfishly like get me down from here like help or like he didn't you know anything like that it was like it was all focused on yeah like they know not what father forgive them Mm -hmm. you know he says my god my god why have you forsaken me which is the first line of psalm 22 yeah he's showing people i'm psalm 22 i'm the fulfillment of that Mm. prophecy um into your hands i commit my spirit uh it's finished right i did it i've paid the debt it's done it's over with um, yeah, he put himself through tremendous physical pain in order to say the things that he said. Yeah. Well, with all of that in the background, 
another thing that would happen medically that, that the journal article talks about is what's called respiratory acidosis. So as Jesus is hanging in this position, struggling to breathe, pushing up, taking a breath, coming down, pushing up, taking a breath, coming down, um, respiratory acidosis would take place. And what this is, is it's that when you're, when you're not getting enough oxygen into your blood system, mm-hmm. because we, we breathe in oxygen and we expel carbon dioxide, right? Yes. That's how we work. So you're not getting enough oxygen into your bloodstream. And so there's a carbon dioxide buildup in your blood that's mm. not getting expelled. Right. The carbon dioxide in the blood then begins to be dissolved into your system as carbonic acid, which causes the acidity of your blood to increase. Mm. All right? So the respiratory acidosis, the, the, the acidic blood, right, and the hypovolemic shock, the low blood volume, Right. So you don't have enough blood, your heart is pumping like crazy, and then the chemical composition of your blood changes to be extremely acidic because you're not getting enough oxygen in, which will make your heart pump faster because it's trying to get oxygen to your body because that's what the heart's job is. Right, right. Those two factors together would contribute to Jesus dying from heart failure. Mm, yeah. His heart broke, uh, literally. His heart, he had a heart attack mm-hmm. type situation because of what he had been through. Um. You remember the, the the account where they're going to break his legs, right? right. Because yeah. um, they want him to, to suffocate, uh, asphyxiate, mm-hmm. and they realize he's already dead, so they don't need to go through the effort of breaking his legs, yeah. right? And that's yeah. beautiful and symbolic because he's supposed to be an unblemished, unbroken lamb mm-hmm. as a sacrifice. He wasn't broken. Um, but they realize he was already uh, dead. And then there's one more thing that happens to him, and this yes. is the one post-mortem wound we know that Jesus had. Yes, and so basically as a confirmation of Jesus' death, what the soldiers did was they took a spear and they stabbed him mm-hmm. to be sure of that. But when they did, this is another significant medical fact that ha- occurred here, is what, what had happened when they pierced him with the spear is it, it said that in John 19.34 that uh, blood and water and kind of like a mixture poured out of him. Yes. And so uh, basically the rapid beat of the heart increased the fluid that collects around the membrane of the heart mm-hmm. and the lungs, uh, heart and the lungs. And it's called pleural effusion. Yeah, pleural effusion. Pleural yep. effusion. And when Jesus was stabbed with the spear, it went through his lung and his heart. And so the water-looking substance that came out was fluid that had built up around his heart. That yes. was, And so this is just showing like further verification of the medical diagnosis that... Yeah, this getting. is what would happen in that situation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so when John records that blood and water came out, it's not some type of a theological uh, point he's trying to yeah, make. Yeah, He literally saw well, w- w- water-colored right, stuff yeah. and blood come well, out. Well, what you got to think about is most people don't know about this, that this is mm-hmm. something that would happen. Yeah. So, so when you look at, like, in the scriptures, like, all these little details about Jesus physically and yeah. medically that was occurring in the scriptures, mm-hmm. you can tell like this wasn't made up. Like the, the people no. were just writing down what they saw because they didn't they know. They must what... have been, right? Because yeah. John yeah. being a teenage uh, fisherman, right? That's who he <laughs> yeah. was. Like there's no way he knows how this stuff works. He's yeah, just right. writing down what he saw happen. And it just really verifies like he was dead. Like, yes. That's, that's the key here. Yeah. And, th- and that's mm-hmm. a big point is he died for our sins according to the scripture. Yeah. Like, that's the truth. Jesus died. And... Good Friday is about 
remembering mm. what he went through in our place, right? Why did he have to go through all of this? To take our curse upon himself. Why did he have to go through all of this? To die in our place, right? As our substitute. Mm. Uh, why? Because God can't just overlook our sin. That would be uh, an enabling, right? Mm-hmm. God's not an enabler. God is just. So he can't turn a blind eye to sin, but he also loves us immensely. So what does he do? He takes on the penalty. Right. He pays for it in our place so that we don't have to. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, truth, of a, a beautiful historical event. Jesus died yeah. on the cross 2,000 years ago, and he wants us to remember that. As often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, do this in remembrance of me. Yeah, Paul says, as often as we do this, we commemorate the Lord's death until he comes back. So don't rush to Sunday. I know that Easter is is great and, and it's a victory assured and it shows us that yeah. what he accomplished on the cross was real. But don't rush to the happy ending. I think we need to feel the weight of Friday. Yeah, yeah. I think we really need to appreciate the, the violence and the pain and the emotional turmoil and the psychological damaging that Jesus went through in order to redeem us. We did that to him. We did that to him. Hmm. And he came to save us from our right. crime and our sin and our twistedness. And, and it's just, it's such a beautiful thing to remember. It's sobering and it's somber, um, but it's beautiful what he did and the immense love that he had for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so. hey, I know this hasn't been a super uplifting uh, episode. Right. And that's yeah. not usually, we're much more lighthearted usually. But this is a time to be serious about a serious thing. Uh, the death of our Savior and what he yeah. accomplished on the cross. So Yeah, but thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah. And remember, we're also releasing a bonus episode to go with this, so be sure that you uh, check that out. Yeah, this isn't the end of the story. It's right? not, it's yeah. not, right? And so that's what we're going to be covering uh, on the other episodes. So make sure to check that out. Uh, and thank you for tuning in with us today on Christ, yeah. Culture, and Coffee. Um, again, if you aren't already, please go ahead and follow us on Instagram, on Facebook if you're on there, and then also on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe yeah. to us for all of our content and more updates to come. So thanks so much for being with us today. Uh, We hope you have an awesome weekend sharing uh, and celebrating uh, the the death of our Savior and the resurrection. Yes, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee. If you liked this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe to help us reach more people.